United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. So pleased to welcome back to the show Ambassador William B. Taylor. He's Vice President for Strategic Stability and Security at the U.S. Institute of Peace. He served as U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine from 2006 to 2009. Ambassador, good morning. Thank you for joining me. Morning, Julie. Good to be here. Can you give us your assessment of the war as it stands? Sure. Uh, We're in really the second phase. First phase... uh, the Ukrainians won decisively when the Russians tried to take the capital, Kiev, and depose the president uh, of, of Ukraine, President Zelensky, and, they, and the Russians failed. The Ukrainians won that first round. Uh, the Russians then reassembled on the, on the Ukrainian east, and they've been gradually moving through two of the oblasts out there. Um, uh, what this is a this is a race, Julie, between uh, the Ukrainians trying to get the new weapons coming from the United States and other NATO nations, uh, while the Russians try to move through uh, in the eastern part of the country. That's kind of where we are right now. Um, and you know, some interesting headlines over the weekend. Zelensky believed that some in his government were conspiring with Russia. Uh, Russia threatening doomsday again. Um, and 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 you believe, sir, that uh, that the parties should sort of be nudged toward negotiating an end. I don't. Um, you don't. I think that uh, I don't believe that they should be nudged. Uh, uh, the Russians should be nudged, but the way the Russians get nudged is by success of the Ukrainians on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one should be nudging President Zelensky um, at this point. Uh, he's the one who's going to decide when it's right to negotiate. If he were to negotiate right now, Julie, if he were to go for a ceasefire right now, he would be ceding some 20, over 20 percent of, of Ukraine to the Russians and rewarding them for their aggression. No, I don't think now's the time for uh, for negotiations. Uh, Zelensky has said that uh, as a precondition, Russia must go back to its position where it was like on the day of the invasion, like b- basically back to factory settings. That's correct. That's And that's exactly right. And he's going to do that either by the Russians deciding they're going to pull back or more likely uh, in response to a counteroffensive that the that the Ukrainians are mounting right now, the Ukrainians are starting to push the Russians in the south, um, and if they can push the Russians back to the to the dispositions uh, of February twenty third, uh, which is the day before the Russians invaded, then that would be the time to start negotiations. Uh, it seems almost hopeless. You know, Putin does not like to uh, retreat. He doesn't have he doesn't like the retreat, but he may not have a choice. He doesn't get to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what happens when you make a big mistake. When when Putin blundered by invading its nation, uh, its, its neighboring nation, um, he made a big mistake that he's going to have to pay for. He's going to have to figure out how to get out of the bind that he's put himself in. Um, the the economy is doing badly. He's not doing great on the battlefield. He's grinding through. The Ukrainians are getting the kind of support now, finally, from the West that they've needed all along. President Putin does not have a strong hand. No, he doesn't. Um, Do you have a sense for how effective U.S. assistance has been for Ukraine? I do. 
I do, by talking to the Ukrainians. And the Ukrainians are very, very pleased about this new assistance that's arriving. They're, they're pleased at the old assistance. You know, at the first part of the, of the war, as I mentioned, uh, when the Ukrainians pushed the Russians back out uh, from around Kiev, the capital, uh, they used anti-tank weapons and anti-aircraft weapons supplied by the Americans and by NATO. And they were very successful. In this new phase, this new phase where artillery is the big weapon, uh, those heavy-duty, long-range artillery pieces are now coming in to the Ukrainian side. Um, and, and the Ukrainians are pleased with the earlier versions, the, the earlier anti-tank and anti-aircraft. And they're very pleased with these long-range weapons called the multiple-launch rocket systems, the HIMARS. Um, and that, that's allowing the Ukrainians to destroy the Russian infrastructure back where they are, they are they're holding up all of their uh, equipment, uh, their ammunition. And those ammunition dumps and equipment bases are now vulnerable to these new weapons that the Americans are providing, and the Ukrainians are very pleased. They still want those jets. They want the jets. They absolutely do want the jets, uh, and they want some way to defend themselves against aircraft um, and missiles. Um, And that is coming. It's coming slowly. Julie, even these HIMARS that I just mentioned came too slowly. Uh, The Ukrainians are very pleased that they're there. They wish they had been there earlier. And they also wish that they had the anti-aircraft weapons, whether they're whether they are jets or whether they're anti-aircraft weapons. Um, that's that's what they need. Ambassador, back to the idea of negotiating an end to this war. Um, someone, maybe even you, were, were on this was on the show recently, saying that that most wars in our time come to a negotiated end. I think uh, in our minds here in the U.S., like the best outcome would be just Ukraine with a glorious victory and Russia defeated and sent packing back to Russia. That seems unlikely. Seems unlikely, not impossible, but unlikely. I would agree. Um, and again, there are there, there there are opportunities for negotiations when the time is right, when the Russians are pushed back, um, and that's that can happen. Uh, these heavy weapons that we just talked about, Julie, are enabling the the Ukrainians to mount a counteroffensive, and that could well have the effect that you're talking about. What what President Biden has indicated he wants, our goal, the United States goal, is a democratic, independent, sovereign, prosperous Ukraine with the means to defend itself. That's achievable. That's achievable. Huh. Um, well, uh, the, the predictions are from the Pentagon that this could be a very long slog in Ukraine. Do you have any concerns about U.S. resolve? The United States recognizes the importance of Ukraine. It's important as a country of 44 million people. Um, It's important as a defense against a Russian further incursions into Europe. Um, It's it's important to demonstrate that that our democracy can support their democracy. This is really what it is. Ukraine's on the front lines. And I believe that the United States, even though it's painful, even though it's costly, will continue to provide the support to the Ukrainians that they need in order to succeed. Ambassador William B. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Julie. Really great to talk to you. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.